and welcome back to Young Buck, your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast of choice here on the GTA Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stone. His name is Jared Krugar. We're going to have fun for the next half hour. So, Jared, how are you doing, man? Uh, it's been one of those weeks, Alex. One of those weeks, Alex. It's been crazy. School's winding down. Grades are submitted. Um, I Probably for the people that are under a rock, I've been on some heavy RMU stuff recently um, on that on that beat but it's time that we talk about prospects and it's been crazy for them too this week yeah this is this is your palate cleanser i guess from all of the capital j journalism that you were doing this week we, we just get to talk about some pirates minor leaguers it's about time because listen with these six games six game series the curve have only been home twice this season so it's not like i've been able to get to the ballpark so see most of these guys but one guy who is absolutely killing it for the curve, that's what we call in the business of transition, is Mr. O'Neill Cruz, who I'm going to be honest with you. I, I talked about this in the last time I did an Ask Anything show. What he is doing with the bat right now, like let's not even look at the results. Let's just talk about approach because that was something that I asked Miguel Perez about early on in the year about what do they want to see approach-wise from him. And it was very much, you know, don't try to do too much. He knows how many people are trying or watching him have high expectations for him. And sometimes that can lead to pressing. And here we are seeing him take pitches, go with pitches the opposite way. And you know what? Whenever you're as big and strong as he is, that doesn't mean just slap a ball to left. No, that means go to the gap, go over the wall and left center still too. No, and he is obviously on a, on a knock on wood. Um, we're recording this Friday, eight game hit streak going into uh, Friday night's game against uh, the Richmond flying squirrels. But you're right. It's, it's not that the results are happening. It's how they're happening. It's he's going the opposite way. His home run the other night was left center, left center gap. Like he is working gap to gap. And, you know, a couple, a couple when they were at home last, I was able to see him take some BP hits in the last group. And if you've ever have, have an opportunity to watch O'Neill Cruz take BP, it is – it's very <laughs> impressive. Just the way the ball comes off the bat. But he, you know, he's working – he's working hitting that ball the opposite way. And, and when that happens, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And it's, it's just one of those deals, you know, he's just crushing the ball, right? And he's, he's having great at-bats, and he's really starting to come around as a, as a professional hitter. So I, I've got to ask you this, because I think that was he, – he was one of the few prospects. There were a handful, but he was definitely the most notable out of the prospects that the Pirates were, I guess, pretty conservative with how they moved him this year. Like, actually, they didn't. He spent the end of 2019 in Altoona, like the very tail end, and then spent last year at the alternate site. And now he's back in Altoona, where you would think normally, okay, he's probably going to start the year in Indianapolis. They started him in Altoona. They let him, you know, try to figure out some things there. I think the barrel control is a lot better right now. And that was kind of like the last thing, I think, in general, that the Pirates were looking for. Jared, when are we going to see this guy in Indianapolis? I mean, it it could happen any day. It could happen. I think he's ready. I think he's proved to, that he's ready. But at that position now, 
when I say position, when it comes to O'Neill Cruz, I'm talking shortstop. He had, there's kind of a log jam there. And, and it is what it is at that next level. But, you know, he's knocking on that door where, listen, don't, I, I, if I'm the Pirates, I don't, I mean, I'm more worried about O'Neill Cruz, the hitter. You have some issues in, in, in the outfield. Don't be afraid to put him out there and see what he's got. But if they want him to play every day, then he's got to stay in Altoona. And I don't think that he's going to be in Indy until probably about midseason. Although I do think he is ready for that now. No, he only has to play every day. At, <laughs> that's only an issue if they're keeping him at shortstop. And I know errors don't tell the whole tale, but 200 innings in the field this year, eight errors. 284 innings in the field in 2019, it just double A, nine errors. Like this guy, I, I'm sorry, he's not a shortstop long term. I, I, I don't know what agree. the parts are really doing here. Well, and, and the thing with the shortstop position, too, it's not that the Pirates aren't deep at that position throughout the system. Besides um, pitcher, it's the deepest out of yeah, any position. Right. I mean, you look at single and double A, and then even at the majors, I mean, there are quite a few guys that can handle the shortstop position. Now, can they do it successfully and, and from a quality level? That remains to be seen. But to me, at 6'7", 210 pounds, he is a corner outfielder. And yeah. that's and that's okay. That's really fine. But like you got to call a spade a spade. Like eventually he's gonna be bumped out. He's going to be bumped out of the shortstop position. And where is he gonna go? The outfield. It's almost yeah. at, at what point does that happen? I, I thought it was gonna happen this year. Obviously, I was dead wrong. I mean, it started in spring training. Right. They 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 had him play in center field they had him take drills right there and not saying it completely tied off but it definitely isn't going on as often as it did in Bradenton which is kind of surprising to me especially since there was some of this going on at the alternate site last year right yeah I I mean you've got to make that change eventually and I understand like where they're at as far as everything goes with the way the rosters are made up like you they've got to they've got to make that move because he's not and because i think the guys that are coming up behind him are are def, they are definitely better glove wise now they're mm-hmm. not they're they're not gap to gap power guys but not no. many shortstops ever have been no jihuan bay is not going to hit you know 400 foot opposite foot home runs no opposite field home runs it's just not going to happen but he's a better defender and he's someone who could bounce around the infield. And I, I look at O'Neill Cruz and in, if he didn't have that cannon for an arm, I'll be honest. I think they would have already moved him to first base and that would have just been the end of it. <laughs> but he has this just incredible arm that they don't want to waste. Well, they can't put him at third base. So they're really trying him at shortstop and it's not really working out. The only place for him realistically is a corner outfield spot. And since I'm weird and, and like creating these freak players, I would rather put him in left field and try to make him into like a, a have a Marte level arm strength wise there. I know it goes completely against you put the big arm in right field. I well, know, but if you look I, at I, I create that, freaks. Well, if you look at the way the PNC park is, is set up, it works mm-hmm. out. It, it's almost like right field and left field 
are flopped where left field plays more of a center at, at PNC park and right field kind of plays in a little bit more shallow where it, it would be like a typical left field in a normal ballpark. It's like a Polish ballpark. Let's go with that. Yeah. I mean, that's why whenever you look at the left fielders who have had success defensively at PNC park, Brian Reynolds, Starling Marte, Brian Giles, they, they could go to center field too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's, listen, just, I, what are we waiting for? What, what is the holdup here? Because honestly, if you, if you want him to be a shortstop, you keep him in triple in double A. If you want him to play in the majors and play, play anywhere or play the outfield, he could have made that jump to the outfield last week. Yeah. And you know, there might be a little bit of an opportunity in the outfield, you know, in Indianapolis and in the major leagues and a couple other spots too. Whenever we come back, a lot of bad injury news going on in the minor leagues. Jared and I are going to try to sort out exactly what it all means. Welcome back to Young Bucks. Jared Krugar there. Alex Stone here. It was a very bad week for the Pirates injury-wise. Three big ones to touch on. We'll start with one that we talked about last week. Travis Swaggerty had surgery for his dislocated right shoulder. He's going to be out five, five and a half months. It's the end of his season. If there is any good news, it's a, it's not his throwing shoulder. So this isn't going to be like a Gregory Polanco type of deal. And B, he's going to be at full strength for spring training. Two good pieces of good news. Those are both huge, especially when it comes to the severity of the injury and where it lines up for next season. Because that five to six month timetable, let's say obviously having this week, that's putting him right at November, December. He should be back in perfect amount of time for spring training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might, you know, interfere a little bit just with like the preparation for the season, but that's minor compared to if this was on the other arm or if it was a 10 month injury or something like that, this what 2022 Travis Swaggerty brings should be pretty close to 100%, you know, health-wise, which is good for the parts because he's potentially an outfielder going forward. We, we touched on this a little bit last week, Jared, but there are opportunities now for guys in AAA, especially in the outfield, to get a call. And we've seen it twice already with Hunter Owen and Troy Stokes Jr., I'm going to throw it to you for what are your breakout prospects coming into this year? And you know what? You're looking pretty smart right now for, for Bly Madris. Is there a chance we're going to see this guy in the major leagues at some point, even for a cup of coffee? I, you know, anything's possible. First, it's the first time somebody's called me smart this week. Second of all, <laughs> he's, he's absolutely matching the baseball at triple A's played in 12 games, scored six runs, 14 hits. Uh, and, and he's hitting doubles. He's, he's getting, he's slugging the ball, homers, three doubles, one homer, seven RBIs. Plate discipline is excellent. Six, 
six walks, you know, that's, that's a pretty good start to a triple a career. Um, he's hitting three, he's slashing three fifty four twenty six five hundred. 500. You know, that's, that's a really good start for somebody that not many people thought he would even get up there this year with the way things are. Yeah. I mean, outfield kind of looked crowded in AAA to start the year, especially whenever, okay, Fowler and Alford, they might get another chance. Swaggerty's going to be there. O'Neill Cruz might go into the outfield. It looked like it might be, you know, a case where Bly just kind of gets lost in the system, but no, he, he shoved. And I, I'm a sucker for this type of player. I'm sure this is evident to anyone who listens to these podcasts. I am a sucker for the type of guy who recognizes that they have to improve their game and they can't just keep going down that same path. And they go and they do stuff that maybe doesn't exactly feel the most comfortable, but they feel that this is the best way for them to get better. I think Bly is someone who really did that. He did a lot of video work. It's a different swing, one that I think he has the better barrel control for, a better control of just getting through the zone, making contact. We're seeing it right now with just a great OBP. I, I, I'm not going to you know hype this guy up and say like, oh, he's going to be the starting right fielder of the future, but I think he's gone this year from you know double-A, triple-A fringe type player to yeah, yeah, we could see him at some point this year because the Pirates are definitely going to need more outfielders before it's all said and done. No, and I, and I think that's a really good point because Bly's also a guy that wasn't at the alt site last year. Yeah. So he had to do a lot of this on his own and, and for God knows wherever. So he's had to do a lot of this on his own, homegrown, and, and really revamp himself and, and get back to where um, to where he wants to be. And I mean, give him credit where it's due. He's gotten to AAA and he's having success. So I mean, that's huge. That's step number two in the problem. You got to or in the in getting to the majors. You get to AA. That's you're you're almost a call away there. Now you're now you're knocking at the doorstep, and it's it's one injury away. And with the way that the Pirates have been, that could happen anytime. And that's that's the way that it is. And who else are you going to call up on that roster? Hey, see what you got. See, you're, I mean, let's be real. The Pirates aren't playing for this year. They're playing for the future. So mm-hmm. what, what's it hurt to throw a blind address in there and see what he does? Because Nothing. what happens it, when he has success, then you look great. And guess what? That's a potential bench bat for you next year. Or, or say somebody gets traded, God forbid, and boom, there you are. You have, a, you have a, somebody that's serviceable. I, I, I don't see it any different than like whenever the parts gave Stokes a look, when they gave Hunter Owen a look, just, you know, it, just a peek up in the major leagues. Let's see what happens there. Right. Pitching, pitching took a more serious hit this week. And we'll start off with the, with the more notable name of Miguel Yajure, who I'm going to be honest, Jared, this, this is rotten for the Pirates right now. This doesn't look good. It's never yeah. good when your elbow's sore and there's forearm discomfort. Usually, that that, that means the uh, the TJ. And well, he's already a TJ survivor, so we're not going to go there yet. They're still gathering information, but it just does not look good at this moment. It no, no, it, it doesn't. There's no way to spin elbow soreness, forearm tightness. You know, that's that's a good thing. There's no way to spin that. It can only be not bad or not that bad. And he's going to miss some time. 
he yeah. was someone who really I thought should have been in this rotation this entire year. Like stuff wise, he's one, he's got some of the best break it off speed stuff in the system, probably the best out of anyone not named Quinn Priester. And the way he approached, the way that he had that mental side of the game, that was something Joel Hanrahan brought up to me that he really liked, how he just approached hitters and hitting. All that's what you want out of a, out of a young starter. And if he misses significant time this year for whatever reason, that's only going to – the parts are only going to be poor for it. They're going to be all the poor for it. Right, and he was a guy that obviously both of us have talked about him playing in the majors and being up there. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's just an unfortunate setback, and it pushes him back quite a bit. But, you know, it, it happens. It's, it's, it is what it is. You know, you, you're going to have to deal with certain things when it comes to this. But, I mean, it's, it's again, creating opportunities. Yeah. So who, who gets those opportunities there? Because, I mean, the obvious answer is Ponce. Because what the Pirates really liked doing with your hurry was they would call him up for a spot start. And, you know, you, and they said they were going to do it with Ponce. They said they were going to do it with De Young. De Young's just kind of in the rotation right now because he can't be optioned back. Do we see more Cody Ponce without your hurry in the mix? I, mean, I think it's possible. I think it's definitely possible. Maybe get him a little bit more situated on a major league type rotation. Um, because I think that's what they need. So, I mean, that's, that's huge too. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's maybe you see a little bit more from a Max Kranich that was called up to replace your on the active roster. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, I thought all along Kranich had a shot at being in the major leagues. He got the call up to triple a this past week. Um, yeah, especially if it is just for one day. What's what's the harm in, okay, your next start's going to be at the major leagues. You'll go five innings. And if you get hit, don't worry about it. If you throw a no-hitter, you're still going down. Just pitch worry-free. That's not a bad situation to give a young starter. No, and I think Ponce, it works well with because he's been there before. He's had a lot of high-level pitching in his, in his career, um, whether it's for the national team or for, um, for the Pirates last year when he was called up. So, I mean, he, I think he's going to get those opportunities, of course, but it's, you know, it's a situation where, Hey, you know, now it's going to, now you're going to see maybe a Kranich. Obviously he, he played uh, pitched the other night, did really well. Um, you know, for his first start, but he's still got to get stretched out too. So, I mean, it's still very early in the season for these teams, especially. So we're still seeing these pitchers get stretched out to where the pirates organization wants them to be. And the other one, the Rule 5 pick we haven't seen yet this year, Jose Soriano, he is dealing with right elbow discomfort as well. He's on a rehab assignment back from Tommy John surgery, so that's like the last thing you want to you hear whenever a guy's rehabbing from that. Um, Jared, the way, for our listeners who don't know, the way Rule 5 works is you have to be on the roster the whole year and you have to be on the active roster for at least 90 days. So depending on the severity of this injury with Soriano, something else that they're in the information gathering stage for right now, 
he might not be able to reach those 90 days. And Jared, are you, is it time to maybe work through another Nick Birdie type scenario where like this guy has this great stuff, but can he get healthy? Can he stay healthy? Can you give this guy continually a roster spot? That's so tough because then you're taking away from the development of other players, right? Yes. I mean, that's not fair to them and it's not fair to him either. I mean, it's, it's a, it's kind of a, one of the crappier things about the rule five pick about those stipulations. I mean, you can't help this. I mean, there should, I mean, I, I don't know how, how they can get around it. I mean, if they want him to play on their team and they want him to be in their organization, they've got to do it. They've just got to find a way to make that work, but it's, it's not looking good that he'll even be able to pitch this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, information gathering stage he could still all he has to do to ditch the rule five status is be ready to pitch by july still in the realm of possibility this could just be a setback but the word recurrent that the pirates used that that's concerning i think right and and anytime that you get that repetitive type of pain in your elbow your forearm anywhere in your arm or shoulder it's usually a a a disaster waiting to happen yeah Especially coming back off uh, off Tommy John, yeah, something that that they were extremely cautious with, you know, coming back from because they know this. Whenever you throw that hard, and the mechanics aren't you know one hundred percent shored up, that only increases the risk of something like this repeating. So the Pirates were, what I thought, very cautious in in having him get for this rehab assignment. It, it ends pretty fast, or at least it was paused pretty fast. And, you know, not say that the parts had all their eggs in the Jose Soriano basket, but I thought he was someone who could have been a real player in the bullpen. No, absolutely. And you can't, anytime you get a bullpen arm, it's typically a good thing. However, if you can't use them, that doesn't usually work out for you. In the long Nick Birdie, Nick Birdie's type yeah. scenario there. Yeah. And it's, and that, and it's a shame what happened to him too. So, I mean, it, it, that's the nature of the beast, and that's kind of the gamble you take on these roll five picks, especially ones that are coming off of um, surgeries. Yeah. Hey, we got one more segment to go. We'll be right back. segment here of young bucks before we call it a week jared we're not gonna dare dare say what we did on that april 3rd podcast but we're off the hook we're, we're off, off the hook. hook we're off the hook baby brian hayes is back better than ever we're off the hook he's healthy Phew. it's that no longer game, our fault that return game thursday was pretty much everything the pirates could hope for I saw that triple. I don't get to see a lot of Pirates games, but I saw that triple, and that ball was smoked. The outfielder misread it off the ball, and he just – that speed he showed. I, I never really thought of Brian Hayes as that fast, but the speed that he showed on that triple was just incredible. That infield hit that he had in the first, his sprint speed, I think Savant tracked it at 29.9 feet per second where like elite is 30 
feet per second. So like literally a hair short of elite speed. That's he's got some wheels. I don't think people, he gets enough credit for that. No. And I mean, I've watched Ryan Hayes pretty extensively over the last few years. And I, I, listen, the glove. Yes. The bat. Yes. Like the arm. Yes. I didn't, I did not see that speed and I, and maybe I wasn't looking for it because I was so focused on the other things, but that speed is, he's pretty fast. He's got some pretty solid speed uh, and, and strength in the run game. And that's, that's what you call a five tool player. Yeah. And that was something that, you know, talking to Kevin Pope, the guy that he trains with down in Houston, he's like, you know, get bigger, but make sure that you don't lose that speed, you know, because so many players, you know, whenever you do pack on that must, you lose that step. He hasn't, and I think that helps him base running. I think it serves him in the field. That play that he made to his left, he made look a lot easier than it actually was. I mean, that was a play that realistically, nine times out of ten, the shortstop probably should have charged at it because that was the only chance you have to play. But Kevin Newman, that it was ace to his to his right. He's like, yeah, I'll let him get it. He's got the better shot. Yeah, I mean, when anytime you get that out of your third baseman, obviously not all high. All third baseman or Brian Hayes, but that's a good, that's a really good problem to have defensively. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're off the hook. Oh, thank gosh. Thank gosh. I mean, it, it was, a, it was a grind there until he got back. I mean, that, it, that's been a while. Been a while. Yeah. We've been on the hot seat, but not anymore. We're off. The, it is lukewarm now until somebody else gets hurt. Well, you're hooray. We talked about him extensively. Maybe, maybe we do have a curse. Maybe I, I, I'm convinced there's a mound visit curse going on this year. Like I wrote about Philip Evans and then he got hurt. I, who was the other player that I wrote about and then they got hurt? I can't remember. Was it there Colin was Moran? One. I haven't done the Colin Moran one. I was working on a Colin Moran one and I shelved it in favor of, um, of the Philip Evans one. Wow. So. So any issues injury-wise can be directed towards Alex Stumpf um, at Alexander J. Stumpf on Twitter. Um, Just anyway, Alex. Either way, just send him send those injury issues his way because it's obviously his fault. He, we, we try to give these guys some publicity. We talk about their games, and then Alex jinxes them. Not my fault at all. It's all Alex. All okay. Alex. Sure. And if you want to tell Jay Prugar 26 on Twitter that it actually isn't Alex's fault and he's done nothing wrong, uh, you can do that as well. And if you want to get more of these wonderful podcasts, you can subscribe wherever you get a podcast on Apple, on, on Spotify, on uh, wherever, wherever, Stitcher. Uh, we're going to be. You name it, we're on it. We're on it. Yeah, we're going to be in most banks by the end of the week. So that's going to be, it's going to be exciting as well. Can't wait. Jared, Jared, any last thoughts? No. Um, other than enjoy these players coming up. Enjoy Brian Hayes and the play of, um, for him. And while we are still able to talk to him because he still hasn't lost his rookie status. Maybe it's the last week we can say that. Well, then we tried this before. We're not going to jinx him again. But, yeah, hey, it is what it is. Um, just enjoy it while, while you can. Um, and, and enjoy the rest of these guys because the Pirates farm system is doing fairly well. Um, a lot of these guys are, are overperforming at times, and, and it's exciting to see where, we're, where they're at. Yeah. For Jared Kruger, 
I'm Alex Stone. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again next week. Thank you.